Mother Mouth wants to explore major life transitions and how we can celebrate them and also really travel consciously through these times and how rites of passages are transformative journeys initiating us into a new life phase and new life phases. And I'm especially interested in that because... In our modern Western world, we have become so distant from all of that. We have even lost marking these moments and these very important moments of every life journey and cycle. And also how to be witnessed in this. We have kind of lost community in which we witness each other going and changing and being initiated into these new life cycles and finishing them too. So I'm Stephanie Wiehowski. I'm an artist, clinical herbalist and mother of a now eight-year-old daughter. And I'm a sort of dreamer of possibilities. So this episode is another of the Mother Mouth Musings ones in which I will ponder about my worries and concerns, how wisdom is viewed these days in the modern world and how the concept of abundance is experienced by people. Maybe I should say how I see it being viewed and experienced. So, I mean, I'm still trying to unpack this myself, but yeah, I would really like to get to the bottom of it. So, wisdom and abundance, they seem like two very different subjects, but I feel that they are, yeah, interlinked and I'm pondering how and what I feel is the link um, of what I'm seeing out there. So just last weekend, I had a conversation with friends, which sparked an insight into what might be underlying my worries and concerns about these subjects and our modern attitude towards them. The insight was that the realms of wisdom and the concept of abundance in present times are truly under the encompassing thought structure of an economic idea, I feel, which is capitalism currently. And that the structures of this economic ideology are now forming the basis of how we approach knowledge um, and wisdom and how we think of abundance, all of which is amplified by social media, like a megaphone speaker leading the crowds who with each movement, make the crier then shout louder. So kind of like a bit of a positive feedback loop or like an echo feedback loop that just gets louder and louder and louder. But maybe let's step back to how, yeah, this pondering came about and wove 
together, really. It all started with me looking at signing up for an online course. I guess it was like an educational, maybe in brackets, course in nature. And the course was crossing subjects of psychology with sort of spiritual wellness, I guess. And the creator had amalgamated aspects from transpersonal psychology, some tantric principles and bodywork. And it was a six-week course. And the woman leading it would do one webinar a week for a certain subject or stage of the course. And the following is what startled me. So on the website, under the more detailed description, these weekly live video Zoom calls were not called, well, live video Zoom calls or webinars or something similar, but they were called transmissions. Transmissions. This really startled me and made me ponder because I understood till then transmissions to be something quite formal between like a spiritual teacher and a student or disciple that would only happen in a like a long-standing tradition um, for example between a lama or a buddhist teacher and or buddhist teachers and their students so i was wondering is this woman who has amalgamated knowledge from different disciplines and by the way i'm not saying here that i think that she had not amalgamated insights well or reached not reached great understanding and maybe even a form of wisdom that she could share um, or impart on others. But yeah, is this woman saying she is a spiritual teacher or like an accomplished lama or even a guru? Yeah, I didn't quite understand how this word could be used in a circumstance of sharing wellness or body practices that lead to psychological and spiritual integration, but are out of context of like a long-standing and a long-practicing spiritual tradition or lineage. Especially as I had been participating in a spiritual practice from a Tibetan Buddhist lineage for many years. To me, it totally seemed out of context to use the word transmission and also had the notions of a slight inflated like ego image of being an accomplished spiritual teacher who can give transmissions to disciples, a self-proclaimed guru or something like that. And the least to say, it really put me off. <laughs> and um, of course, I didn't sign up to the course. But yeah, it also made me think. I mean, who is seen as wise these days in our modern secular world? Who do people follow? Um, who do people choose for advice in spiritual life and healing matters? Also, how does the race for attention impact the depth and authenticity of the wisdom we encounter, especially in on social media platforms and the kind of paths of engagement like in brackets educational courses or communities that we find online. 
Does this not foster egocentric or maybe even megalomaniac notions of people's importance? When, in comparison, most ancient spiritual traditions place great emphasis on the how not let the ego rule and on humility. So, yeah, while information is abundant these days and... I guess excess instant recognizing true knowledge and wisdom seems to become a real feat of discernment, it seems to me. And in the modern secular Western world, the sharing and proclamation of knowledge appears to be vastly influenced by the structure of our economic system. At least that's what I see, namely capitalism. Or maybe we could say that the ecosystem of our economic system has seeped into our experience and sources of wisdom to form the basic structure of knowledge exchange, maybe. And where wisdom or knowledge become a product or commodity and the marketplace dictates who is being listened to, promoted, consulted and rewarded in the end. And in that kind of system, whoever shouts the loudest receives the most credit, acknowledgement and spreading of their wares. And yeah, this is then amplified by the online social media system within a bit of a cold of notoriety, fame, ego inflation, which creates also a kind of positive feedback loop. So to me, all of these developments and structures seem to be standing in stark contrast of how most established spiritual traditions describe and practice the exchange of knowledge and the conduct of wisdom keepers. And this worries me, as there appears to be an ever-growing trend to follow and sign up to courses and gatherings which are in many cases motivated by monetization on a very real thirst of people to feel whole emotionally and spiritually and in community. And the social media realm is totally infiltrated by these two aspects. I mean, most attention equals most monetary reward, which is to a vast degree being equated with the word abundance. Again, I want to put this word into brackets or hyphens. Um, it's a word that floats around a lot these days, especially in the new age realm. And yeah, shall I call it wellness and hyphens world? A lot of New Age and wellness communities promote an intriguing ideology or concept of abundance as like limitless flow, prosperity and spiritual wealth, which seem to me steeped in the ideology of capitalism, of like limitless growth and a sort of one directional flow. And I feel that this vision however, warrants a critical examination, maybe through the lens of ancient spiritual traditions, 
and cosmologies. I mean, I remember that my teacher always said, there's no free lunch in this tradition. Yeah, and that sentence keeps ringing back to me. I mean, many philosophical systems assert the importance of recognizing limits and understanding the cyclical nature of a lot of material resources and our, also our relationship with the earth and with each other. There, the concept of flow and balance rather than boundless abundance is a common thread in these traditions. The idea that what one puts into the universe will return, I think, invites reflection on responsibility and reciprocity, really. You know, it alludes to the concept of the cosmic dance and it challenges the prevailing capitalistic narrative of endless, unchecked growth. I mean, many people reflect these days about this, especially, for example, in environmental movements. But it seems that the new age spiritual and wellness world or alternative health field is kind of saturated with these capitalistic mindsets when it comes to the notion of abundance. It's really hard, I feel, to find our way through the jungle of offerings these days. Is it actually still possible for people brought up also within, you know, all these structures that are so pervasive to really discern authentic sources of knowledge or like a hyphenated real wisdom out of all the marketplace shoutings with echoes of recycled insights, amalgamated systems and false gurus. I mean, the allure of limited, limitless prosperity is a strong force, but I believe we need to really question the existence of this notion as a concept that comes from a deep-seated profusion of a capitalistic endless growth mentality into all our thinking and feeling and spiritual pursuits these days. I really feel we need to critically examine how far capitalistic economic structures have infiltrated and are informing our experiences of ourselves, our relationships, our philosophical concepts, and yeah, really our understanding of the world. So these were sort of my thought processes so far. <laughs> Um, and I realize I haven't really referenced anyone um, or any movement or any interesting people who might be reflecting on this out there um, or projects. So um, I think I can only ever mention at the moment, because I'm reading him quite a lot, is Bayou Akumulafe and his Emergence Network. And yeah, I 
really connect with his stance of not only looking at our systems, but also working together and looking at how we can go into the unknown together and create maybe new structures, but also dismantle stuff and really be. So that's, in a way, my only offering in this episode to you. And I know I've mentioned him before, or them. Thank you so much for being here, listening uh, recently a bit more of my ramblings and musings. I hope it it gives something and even if it's just little sparks of inspiration or a change of perspective or whatever it could be, not sure. And yeah, thank you so much for being here and I have got two interviews in the pipeline but the last few weeks have been quite slow and I still have to record and then edit so I think uh, new interviews won't really be published till sort of February, March or February time and then another one in March time so I hope you can bear with me and lots of love bye for now.